It's Thursday, May 21st, 2020. I'm Stephen Fee, and this is The Pen Pod, a limited-run podcast from Pen America. On today's edition, Mexican writer Carmen Buyosa on how readers must find their own way through a text. Then Congress steps up to support journalists globally. I'm Stephen Fee, all that coming up on The Pen Pod. Mexican poet, novelist, and playwright Carmen Boyosa is held up as one of the country's leading writers. Her countless books and essays and dissertations have received multiple honors. She's been called Mexico's best woman writer. Her new book, The Book of Ana, publishes this month, and she joins me now. Welcome, Carmen. Thanks, Stephen, for receiving me. I'm, I'm very happy to be here with you. Of course. So, so just quickly, uh, during this moment of social isolation, where are you calling in from? I'm calling in from Coyoacán in Mexico City, two blocks away from Frida Kahlo's house, where I normally spent half of the year. I wasn't ah. supposed to be here. I was supposed to be in New York, but uh, I got uh, stranded here and all's fine. And here you are. Well, I, I want to talk to you about the Book of Anna. I mean, in some ways, it sort of picks up on the story of, of Tolstoy's Anna Karenina. How do you describe this book? I was rereading Anna Karenina and found that Tolstoy says she wrote a book. The book is finished. Uh, there's a publisher, editor, writer that wants to, pub to publish it, to make it a real book for everybody. Anna refuses, says it's only a draft. This is written by Tolstoy. And then the book never appears, doesn't appear again. It, we don't know in reality what's the book about. We know nothing about that book. And when I went through this passage, I couldn't but think how different would have been her life if she had published the book. As she was the talk of the town, maybe the book was going to be a success. Maybe that would have given her a room of her own a space, a professional space for herself, a way to stand up, not like the wife of, or the lover of, or the adulteros, or, but a writer. So I, when I finished uh, rereading Tolstoy, I thought it was uh, justice to, to write the book Anna wrote. And I did first one version in verse, making an homage to Pushkin too, because when Tolstoy found out the way to write Anna Karenina was after he met, he, he was obsessed by the anecdote of this well-married woman who adulterous commits suicide. And he it was a real life story. He wanted to do a novel with that, with the theme. And when he met Pushkin's daughter, uh, he was captivate, captivated by her beauty uh, she was uh, as Pushkin uh, mulatto. They had African uh, origin and African origin. So she's different from the others. And she then writes Anna Karenina. So I thought it was a way to be fair to the inspiration of the novel and to Anna. To do first, I thought, a novel in verse. I wrote it. It didn't work. And then I figured out that what I really needed was what was the final version of that novel? What happened to Anna Karenina? She was under opium, under desperation. She used her laudano drops all nights to try to sleep. She couldn't really sleep. She had been deprived of her son. She was isolated. She was desperate, you know, satisfied. And I, in that mood, 
I imagined her rewriting what I had imagined she had written in a first uh, version or an earlier version. And in order to make that manuscript appear, I also gave back to Anna her two adult children, her adored Sergei and Annie, her daughter, with whom she could never really make a link, never create a link with her. So I, I, I wrote this like uh, Russian dolls, one story inside the other one. Uh, so it is. Uh, it is. An, uh, I, I started it as a justice act for Anna, and then obviously the book drove me to its own pulsion, its own pulse, its own tone, its own. You know, books control in such a way their authors that you only uh, prepare the soil for them, work for them, so they can flourish or be. And, uh, and that was it. That's how the book was started to be born. Well, it's incredible and, and incredible to pick up on that legacy and to, to know that character and, and expand it into this new book. I, I wonder, how do you think people who might buy that book, buy, buy your book, the book of Anna right now and, and read it, how do you think they might respond to it in the moment that we're in now, in this moment of a global pandemic? Uh, this is such a difficult question, especially because I myself don't know how to respond to mm. this pandemic. I mean, of course, I know I am I'm obsessed by the theme. I read all I can from uh, scientific magazines to newspapers, Spanish, French, German, Mexicans, uh, uh, the, the Times, uh, LA Times. I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out or to follow it but um i i i have i'm totally unsettled if i tell you the truth i've been reading that young readers have been reading more these days they have increased their reading average and in my case i feel like i have decreased my reading average because i'm uh, um, in a state of, uh, oh, I'm, it's not puzzled, it's not, uh, I mean, oh, no, it's not oh. I don't have the English word to tell you how I feel, but I don't have it in Spanish either. Hmm. Uh, it's uh, something, then, of course, one understands this, we were not prepared for this because there is not a health system for everybody, because the cuts that have been happening worldwide, because uh, many things, and also we have hurt our environment, etc. I understand all that. But how do I, reading is always something so private. Unless, of course, you want to read something only because the others say you have to read it, but then you don't really read. You, you just ride over the waves. But if you read, if you give life again to a literary text, to poems, to a book, uh, you have to dive, you have to do it on your own, you have to find your own path. Even saying diving is appropriate because there are no roads for a reader. A reader has to find its own uh, way and feel how the waters go and find it that with its own experience, compare it, measure it. It's a, an incredible adventure. I have been more like wandering, using my eyes to try to feed my 
my reader instinct. I am going to start, uh, I have two key lectures I'm going to give in a couple of weeks. So I've been rereading, yes, authors I have read in other times, women authors, and just under their influence, authors I admire, I love, that are not very well known, just under their influence, I think this is like the 8th of March and women demonstrating all over the world. I think it is not being erased by the pandemic. I think this is a moment to think differently and to consider half the world has been treated has been treated differently because of of their gender. So I think this is the moment to tilt and to look at the other side. And I think this novel I wrote, this little novel I wrote, thinking of the voice of Anna Karenina, contradicting Tolstoy, because Tolstoy had problems with women. Uh, not in vain, he mentions the novel of hers and then takes it up away from her, tears her from her own book. So I go against him. I go for a woman who was deprived of her own voice. And I think that uh, a reader catches or dies in my book now, uh, we'll read it that way. We'll read it knowing that it's going to be a very erotic text in the sense, in the center of the book, when they arrive to Anna's book. But it's a kind of eroticism and a voice that is the voice of a woman that has been kept in silence for decades and decades and centuries and centuries. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, you raised March 8th, of course, which is, which is International Women's Day and, and, and disparities that, of course, break along lines of gender identity. The pandemic has also exposed so many other fissures, um, socioeconomic and racial, um, and even just around the globe, the different ways the pandemic is affecting so many different people. I mean, what, what role do you think writers can play in, in helping us emerge from all of this a little bit better than we were before? I think the duty of a writer is um, uh, to bring up more questioning everything more, not giving solutions, maybe in a literary writer. I think the role of a poet, the role of a novelist is to open more doubts, to make us uh, distrust more of what we have built or not distrust is the world, but to question, to say, mm -hmm. why? Why are we doing this? And I think it is a moment where writers have to be very alert. Um, as it happens in all crises, and this is a magnum crisis. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Carmen Buyosa is, is a writer. Her latest book is The Book of Anna. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you very much for receiving me. It was a pleasure to talk to you. We celebrated World Press Freedom Day earlier this month. On Wednesday, the Senate picked up on the momentum and introduced a resolution praising journalists globally. In a rare bipartisan move, co-sponsors Robert Menendez of New Jersey, a Democrat, and Florida Republican Marco Rubio led a group of 13 senators to introduce a resolution honoring the journalists who battled daily to report on the world's news. In particular, the resolution notes the continued detention of individuals PEN America has honored, 
including three Saudi women's rights advocates, as well as persecuted journalists in Crimea and China. Our Thomas Melia said in a statement, especially in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic, journalists and media workers are more needed than ever. Well put. Check out our statement and more on our website, pen.org. And that's our episode for Thursday, May 21st, 2020. Join us tomorrow for the Pen Pod. You can listen to all our episodes at pen.org. Follow us at Pen America on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Sign up on our website for our daily Dare newsletter. That's where we track major stories about literature, free expression, and the news of the world. I'm Stephen Fee for Pen America. This is the Pen Pod. See you tomorrow.